Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes. Again, my name is Brian, and I have been a diehard Yankees fan since I was about seven years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So, this week's episode, I'm going to be discussing the 1936 New York Yankees that won the World Series. Um, it was their fifth World Series in team history. Uh, the the first four was 1923, 1927, and 28, the Murderers Row Yankees, and then 1932 as well. Um, so they hadn't won a World Series for, this was four, going on four years now, which is sounds like it wasn't that much, but back then, um, it was kind of a lot. Um, However, 1936 was also the year of a newcomer for the New York Yankees by the name of Joe DiMaggio as well. So let's get it, get right in, into it. The 1936 New York Yankees, they won 102 games. They were 102 and 51, and they actually had two ties as well. And of course, the two ties came because of uh, back in the 30s, there were not there were no lights yet in baseball fields, and so. If the game ended late, which the Yankees had two games, one was in Cleveland and uh, Memorial Stadium, which Memorial Stadium at the time was just built pretty much like in 1931, I believe. Um, and uh, I, I guess um, the game went 16 innings and they had to call the game because of darkness because obviously they couldn't see. And I guess it was even to the point where it was the, the last game of the, the trip. Um, so... Uh, they actually both teams actually missed their trains and they had to get special trains to go to the next to the next uh, game that they had to play um, and uh, back back in those days they didn't they didn't fly they 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 just used trains and and also in that game with the Indians the game lasted four hours and 15 minutes um, before they called it because of darkness the other game was a second game of a double header actually against the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park they had to call the game on September 5th and it was a tie. It was in the 13th inning. Um, so those were the those were the two ties. Um, so really, the Yankees were 102 and 51 that year. Um, so going through the Yankees roster, their starting catcher was an All-Star left-hander, uh, Bill Dickey, who was the catcher. Of course, um, I just talked about him on the last episode. He was 21 years old. Um, he had played a couple other seasons before this. Um, he had a 362 batting average, which is actually the highest batting average uh, for any Yankees catcher still to this day. Um, and 362, that's that's an incredible feat. And actually, I I, I believe in the last episode, um, he there's only two other guys that have even come. There's well, there's there's one guy that can, that's come close, and that was Mike Piazza in 1997. And Joe Maurer is the only guy to to have a higher batting average as a catcher. Um, so those are the only two catchers to have a higher batting average in a single season than Bill Dickey. Um, but anyways, uh, Bill Dickey had a very good season that year as well with home runs. He had 22 home runs, 107 RBIs. Um, he had 158 on-base plus slugging adjusted as well. He played 112 games, and he only struck out 16 times. That shows you the consistency. Um, of course, he was an all-star. Um, and then there is, of course, the incomparable Lou Gehrig. Um, he was an all-star, and he even won the MVP this year as well. Um, I believe he, he won three MVPs, including uh, one Triple Crown that he didn't win the MVP in that uh, in the year that he won the Triple Crown. And again, the Triple Crown winner is the person that has the most home runs in the league, the most um, RBIs, and also the highest batting average in baseball. 
Um, and back then you had to do it for each league as well. So, um, but getting back, Lou Gehrig, he had a 354 batting average that year. He had um, 49 home runs. He had 152 RBIs. And he also had an on-base plus slugging of 190. Um, he didn't win the uh, Triple Crown that year. Not, the year he won the Triple Crown was 1934. Um, and 1936, he won the MVP. 1934, he actually did not win the MVP. It was, I believe, Mickey Cochran, who was a catcher for the Philadelphia A's. And I believe back then the Most Valuable Player Award was actually what it was named, the Most Valuable Player. Um, but uh, and, and, uh, Tony Lazzari was the second baseman. He was 32 years old. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, Lou Gehrig was 33 years old, by the way. Um, Tony Lazzari, he had a 287 batting average, 14 home runs, and he had 109 RBIs. Um, which back, back in those days, second baseman typically didn't hit as much, but Tony Lazzari being a Hall of Famer, um, of course, it did take him a while to get in. But, um, you know, it, for his time period, he was a very good hitter because second basemen's usually were more defensive-minded guys. Um, so um, also uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, he struck out 83 times in 151 at-bats, and that's the most strikeouts on the Yankee team, I, be I believe anyway. Um, and so that's pretty remarkable that that 83 strikeouts in more than like 150 games for Tony Lazzari. Um, and uh, so the next guy was shortstop Frank Crosetti, 25 year old. He actually made the All Star team. And actually, speaking of what I was just talking about, Frank Crosetti actually made the All Star team and had numbers that were pretty comparable to Tony Lazzari. But it just kind of shows you back then they they really thought of defense and Frank Crosetti was known as being a great defensive shortstop and of course later on he became a really really good coach for the Yankees for many years I believe um, and anyways he had a 288 batting average 15 home runs 78 RBIs which is back then I would think that those were very very good numbers for a shortstop probably one of the better he must have been one of the better shortstops in baseball so that year he must have really I, I don't know if he how his career numbers are but I would I would believe they're not as good as the those numbers right there but maybe they are but uh, and also of course they're it's a, a bigger sample size for career numbers so but regardless um, he has a he had an, a 105 on base plus slugging adjusted so he was a well well above average player again on base plus slugging adjusted just says uh basically your overall offensive output as a baseball player and 100 is average his was 105 so he was above average um and of course like lou gehrig was 190 so of course you know he was pretty much the greatest player at that time period babe ruth had babe ruth had believed had already retired at that time um it was basically lou gehrig and jimmy fox and there might have been a few other couple other guys there but it was basically Lou Gehrig and Jimmy Fox. Regardless, um, the third baseman for the Yankees in 1936 was Red Rofe. He was a right-handed batter, um, 27 years old at, at, in that year. He had 319. He had 39 doubles, 15 triples, 10 home runs, 70 RBIs. He had a 312 batting average. And also, he struck out 38 times in 135 games as well. Um, and I believe Red Rolf was also known for having a good glove. Um, and I think that was one of the key things that uh, managers and coaches wanted at third base. 
because obviously the third base is the hot corner and because you want somebody at third base who can really handle all those hard line drives and uh you know just there's a lot of it's you have to really have react quick um, and i believe red rope was was um from what i've heard he was he was really good at that so moving on there was another all-star this guy uh he was 28 years old a left-handed batter George Selkirk had played in 137 games. He had a 308 batting average, 420 on base percentage. He had 28 doubles, 132 on base plus slugging adjusted for George Selkirk. And also he had 60 strikeouts in those 137 games. Um, 18 home runs, 107 RBIs. Uh, so George Selkirk had a, had a great year. Um, he also had 13 stolen bases as well for George Selkirk. Um, and of course being an all-star uh, so the next outfielder was um, and this guy played center field and left field Selkirk was a right fielder and the next player I wanted to mention was a 27 year old he played center field and left field Jake Powell Jake Powell um, he, he I believe he played probably played more center field I would imagine um, before Joe DiMaggio really made a name for himself um, because this was Joe DiMaggio's rookie year um, which I'm getting to, um, but anyways, uh, Jake Powell he had a uh, played in 87 games, seven home runs, 18 R, uh, 48 RBIs, and he had a 302 batting average. He also had a 97 on base plus looking adjusted. So looking at those numbers, he he had a you know a decent year. Didn't really play a whole lot. Um, the 302 batting average is very good. Um, uh, and actually, I, I was actually listening to some of the uh, some postseason games on YouTube, which you can do if you look up 1936 World Series between the New York Yankees and the New York Giants. You can listen to the the whole game of the game six of the 1936 World Series. And Jake Powell had he had a big home run to tie the game in game six. Um, and I believe it was like in like the fourth inning. And the, you should hear the you could hear the crowd noise and everything and and uh, that was in the polo grounds and even there which obviously the Yankees you know they were the road team in that game and even there you could you could feel the energy um, so it was kind of it's kind of cool to hear that the old school radio broadcast um, it was actually Red Barber that did the game and toward the end of the game they had somebody else um, filling in uh, I guess they switched to the uh, the other team's broadcasters. This just the way they did it back in the day. And the eighth player that I wanted to mention, who was one of their main starters, of course, was rookie Joe DiMaggio, all-star. Was an all-star his uh, rookie year. He was 21 years old that year. Had 138 games played, 44 doubles, 15 triples. Um, he had 29 home runs, 125 RBIs, a 3.25 batting average for Joe DiMaggio. And a 128 on base plus slugging adjusted. He struck out just 39 times in 138 games in his rookie season. So it's pretty remarkable from from the Yankee Clipper Joe DiMaggio. And also another note that I didn't real that I didn't realize was Joe DiMaggio wore number nine um, his first year in the league. Um, and of course the next year he wore number five. And you know the rest the rest is history. Um, so that's that was those guys were basically the main guys in the Yankees lineup. Um, as far as the Yankees batting order, the the Yankees kind of went through a rotating, uh, kind of a rotating batting order because in the beginning of the year, um, it, it changed from the beginning of the year to the end of the year anyway. 
The most common batting order that the Yankees used was um, starting off, leading off with Frank Rossetti, the shortstop, Red Rolf, the third baseman, Joe DiMaggio, the uh, center fielder, and sometimes he did play right field and even left field, but uh, most most commonly, I believe, he played center field. And Lou Gehrig, first base, he cleaned, was the cleanup hitter. Bill Dickey was the fifth hitter, um, playing catcher. George Selkirk played left field. And then uh, Jake Powell batted behind George Selkirk. Tony Lazeri batted eighth in that order and played second base. Um, George Selkirk, by the end of the year, was playing left field, and uh, Selkirk was playing right field. But anyway, so that, that was basically the Yankees batting order. Frank Rossetti, Red Rolf, Joe D, Lou Gehrig, Bill Dickey, George Selkirk, Jake Powell, Tony Lazeri, and then, of course, the pitcher would be the ninth batter. Um, so going through the rest of the roster, the Yankees had in 1936, they had Ben Chapman, who was a backup outfielder, um, had 14 doubles in 36 games for the Yankees, a 266 batting average, uh, a home run, 21 RBIs, and he had a 91 on-base plus slugging adjusted, which isn't that bad considering he only played 36 games, um, you know, coming off the bench. So the next guy was Roy Johnson and also Mira Hogue as well. Roy Johnson was a left-handed batter. Merrill Hogue was a righty. In the beginning of the year, if you um, go back, there's there's uh, uh, Roy Johnson and Merrill Hogue. They they were getting a lot of a lot more starts, but then once Joe DiMaggio made his debut on May 3rd of 1936, they kind of took a backseat and became uh, role players, I guess. And uh, Joe DiMaggio, of course, stepped in, and it was basically Jake Powell, George Selkirk, and Joe DiMaggio. Um, I'm sure they both that both Mira Hogue and Roy Johnson got their playing time at times, but, you know, it was probably few and far between with Joe DiMaggio being on, on the Yankees uh, roster. Um, but anyway, so Roy Johnson's numbers, he had a two sixty five batting average, one home run, 14 RBIs, and he had an 82 on-base plus slugging adjusted. Mira Hogue had a three oh one batting average, three home runs and 34 RBIs, and a one oh one on on-base plus slugging adjusted. Um, uh, Merrill Hogue played 45 games and 63 games for Roy Johnson. And the backup catcher was Joe Glenn, who hit a respectable 271 in 44 games. And their backup infielder was Jack Saltzgaver, a left-handed hitter. He, he uh, did not have the greatest offensive year, but I'm sure he was there more for his defense anyway. Um, so that, those were the, that was the Yankees' offensive side. The Yankees had five All-Stars in their starting lineup. And uh, Bill Dickey, the catcher, Lou Gehrig, the first baseman, and, and MVP as well. Uh, Frank Rossetti, the, uh, another All-Star was George Selkirk, and um, Joe DiMaggio, of course, the rookie that year in 1936. Um, so uh, the coaches on this team, was, of course, the manager was Joe McCarthy, one of the greatest managers in Yankees history. And I believe this was the second World Series that Joe McCarthy uh, led the Yankees to. Um, I believe he led them to the uh, World Series Championship in 1932 and 1936. Um, and of course, when I say led them to, he was more like the, you know, the guy behind the, the behind the the players because the players are the ones that really win the championships. Um, but the with, without his guidance and the the lineups he puts out and the strategy um, that he that uh, Joe McCarthy. Uh, 
wanted to use. Without that, then maybe the Yankees don't win the World Series those years. Regardless, history says the Yankees did. So anyway, so Joe McCarthy was the manager. Art Fletcher was a coach. Earl Coombs was a coach. And of course, Earl Coombs played with Babe Ruth um, around the 1920s. And Johnny Schulte was also a coach for the New York Yankees in 1936. And the rotation in 1936, starting with Red Ruffing. Uh, Red Ruffing was 31 years old that year. He was 20 and 12 that year with a 3.85 ERA. He also made 27 starts in 33 games, and he had 25 complete games pitched that year. And then there was also Monty Pearson, who was a right-handed pitcher, an all-star that year in 1936. Um, he was 27 years old. He was 19 and 7 with a 3.71 ERA that year. Made 31 starts, had 15 complete games, and he had pitched 200. 223 innings pitched. Um, also, Red Ruffing pitched 271 innings pitched. Of course, back in those days, pitchers they they just went. They didn't really use relievers as much. Um, but we're, we're getting to the, to the relievers in a bit. The next starter the Yankees had was Johnny Broaca, or Broica. He was a 26-year-old starting pitcher, right-hander. He was 25 and seven with a 4.24 ERA that year. Made 27 starts. Pitched uh, 12 complete games. Of course, most of the starters pitched quite a bit of complete games back in these days because they didn't really use the relievers like they do now. And there weren't as many pitchers, too. They didn't use as many pitchers in each game. He had And uh, Johnny Broica had uh, 260, 206 innings pitched. And the fourth starter, which it might not have been the actual fourth starter, but the, the next starter is Lefty Gomez, left-handed pitcher, Hall of Famer, of course, but... He was an all-star in 1936, 27 years old. He was 18-7 and seven that year, had a 4-3-4 ERA, um, actually a 4-3-9 ERA. He had made 30 starts that year, 10 complete games, and he also had 188 and two-thirds innings pitched. And then the fifth starter was Bump Hadley, who was 31 years old, right-handed starter. He was 14-4, and four, with a 4-3-5 ERA. He had 17 starts. Eight complete games, and he pitched 173 and two-thirds innings that year for the New York Yankees in their starting rotation. Um, as far as the relievers go, the main two relievers were Johnny Murphy and Pat Malone. Some of the other relievers, um, one of them was Jumbo Brown, Ted Kleinhans, who was a left-handed reliever, Kemp Wicker, another lefty reliever. Uh, but those guys were kind of, they weren't used as much as Pat Malone and Johnny Murphy. Back in those days, they they pretty much just stuck to one or two guys in the bullpen because they didn't really use um, relievers um, that much back then. Um, but Johnny Murphy had a good year. He was 27 years old, right-handed pitcher, was 9-3 and with a 3.38 ERA. He had two complete games even, um, 80, 88 innings pitched, five starts, and he also he finished 12 games. He had five saves. Back then, like I said, they didn't really use uh, relievers to get saves. They pretty much just re- used relievers to try to um, to try to kind of keep the keep the team's momentum going, or stop the team the other team's momentum rather. And um, you know, just that that's that was basically the reason. You know, if, especially if a pitcher was getting tired, but usually they let the pitcher go. But anyways, their main closer, at least from what I found, was Pat Malone. Pat Malone was a right-handed pitcher. He was 12 and four that year with a 3.81 ERA. He had a five five complete games, 134 and two-thirds innings pitched. 
Um, and that's that's something right there. Like 134 innings pitched for a closer or, you know, for, for anybody really. And, and to pitch five complete games um, as a closer, like that just shows you how different it was back then um, for relief pitchers. And also, Pat Malone, he even made nine starts. And actually, in that game, I, I believe it was the game against the Cleveland Indians, um, I looked up and... Uh, he pitched the 16-inning game, and he actually went seven and two-thirds innings against the Cleveland Indians before the game um, got called because of darkness. Um, back in the game, that was that was a tie game, but that that was one of the one of the two uh, ties the Yankees had in 1936. Well, um, of course, you know sometimes they did have ties back then because there was you know they, they didn't have lights in, in ballparks yet. Um, but anyways, those were the two main guys, Johnny Murphy and. Pat Malone um, and the Yankees bullpen, and they were a big, big part of that team. Um, I believe Johnny Murphy was the one that got the final out for the New York Yankees in Game 6 of the 1936 World Series to help the Yankees win the World Series. Um, and so, I mean, that's pretty basically the 1936 New York Yankees. They had seven All-Stars in 1936, as I said before. The MVP was Lou Gehrig. He was the captain, of course. Seven Hall of Famers, Lou Gehrig, Tony Lazzari, Joe McCarthy, Red Ruffing, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, and Bill Dickey. And, of course, Joe DiMaggio being a rookie. Um, and, you know, really, like, it must have been something to see him play because the numbers that uh, Joe DiMaggio put up that year in 1936, at 21 years old, playing 138 games for the New York Yankees, he had 323 and uh, 15 triples, 29 home runs, 125 RBIs in a pennant race too. Had 128 OPS plus. You know that 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 that's pretty incredible what Dodomaggio did for the Yankees in 1936, and just to have seven Hall of Famers eventually, of course, on your team. You know that that's that says something about that how how great that Yankees team was, and definitely. Um, deserving of one of the, one of the greatest Yankees teams in Yankees history. Of course, the Yankees have been lucky to have a lot of really great teams in their history, but um, I definitely think that this 1936 New York Yankees team can stack up with the best of them. Um, so that is this week's episode. Thank you again for listening, everybody, and thank you for waiting for this week's episode. I would, I would have liked to have had this episode out earlier in the week, but... Um, I appreciate everybody understanding. But before I let you go, I just wanted to uh, do some trivia, Yankees trivia. So I have three trivia questions. You can feel free to email me the answers at historicpinstripes at gmail.com or you can feel free to just comment on the social media posts um, that you see on our uh, Facebook page, Twitter page, and Instagram. It's uh, Instagram at historicpinstripes and Twitter is at historicnyy. Of course, Facebook is just the Historic Pinstripes show. So the first question is, who are the first two Yankees players to hit at least three homers in consecutive postseasons? The second question, can you name the first Yankee pitcher to have at least three 12 strikeout games in a single season? In 1910, what pitcher set a club record for strikeouts by a rookie when he um, fanned 209? So those are the three trivia questions for this week. Again, thank you very much for listening to this episode. I appreciate it very much. As always, feel free to uh, follow and subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, you can feel free to share this podcast if, if you would like. 
But again, thank you very much for listening. I just wanted to mention again that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Free Your Geek, Psycho Crime, and Movie Theater Time Machine, as well as some other podcasts and streamers. You can feel free to go to www.movietheatertimemachine.com for more information. Um, and thank you again for listening. I feel baseball is the best game in the world, and I love talking about baseball and the New York Yankees especially. So once again, thank you for listening, everybody, and as always, go Yankees! (laughs) 